Hi everybody, this is Linda Dugan, the host of Mama Linda's Corner, and this is my new friend Lori, and um, she's just been through the ringer, <laughs> in, in the worst way, but um, came out beautiful, came out stronger, and came out ready to tell you a little bit about what it was like early on in COVID when nobody knew anything yeah come down with the illness have her husband come down with the illness and be told he's not going to make it yeah but to never give up hope yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna turn it over to lori and she'll tell us a little bit about those first days of covid when everybody thought it was a hoax well hi everybody thanks and thanks linda for having me on i I, um, I welcome the opportunity to share what we've been through because um, it just seems so unique when it started and now uh, it seems to be what a lot of people are going through. So in late February, my husband went on a business trip to Canada and uh, he, was, uh, he, he went on a Tuesday and on Wednesday he called me and said, I think I picked up a bug he said, one of the gals at the table that I'm working at is sick. And I think I've picked up what she has. And so um, I said, oh no, well, thank goodness you're coming home tomorrow. So the next day he flew home that evening. He was by this time running fever and uh, not feeling well. And um, immediately came home Thursday night, went straight to bed. Uh, stayed in bed all day Friday. I tried, you know, help giving him Tylenol and things just to bring his fever down, but he was really, really, really sick. And so Saturday came, he was all, he stayed that sick. He was still in bed, not eating, um, running a fever, coughing. And by Saturday night, I had it. So, so let me just preface this by saying early on, this was before COVID was really being talked about in this country. I think they were a little bit in the Pacific Northwest. I think they had said, uh, you know, a couple of people had it, or maybe someone in California had it. Uh, we knew what it was, but it wasn't in North America yet that we knew of. And we knew nothing about it. And so, um, so by Saturday night, I, I was sick. So by Monday, my husband and I were still both sick. I've never felt as sick as I felt. Let me just say that too. We were both as ill as we've ever been. And I have asthma. I'm an asthma patient and have been for 20 years. And even as on my worst days where I was one foot out of the hospital sick, I wasn't right. as sick as I was then. Went to the doctor and he said, sounds like y'all have the flu. So he gave us some flu medication. Some sort of flu, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay. So we went back home with our flu medication that we had filled. And um, I began to feel better after a few days, finally. But Tillery never really felt all that much better. He got better, but he was still coughing. He still had extreme fatigue. Um, we did a follow-up visit to the doctor about a week later because he just wasn't, he wasn't coming out of it. Right. And, um, so we just kept trying to find out what was wrong. And if this, like I said, this was at the end of February when he went to Canada by March the 19th, he was still sick. 
to the point that I was begging him, we must go to the hospital. We've got to go to the hospital. Something is wrong. We can't find out what is wrong. So we uh, went to the doctor's office first because he insisted. <laughs> and they found, they checked his blood oxygen level. And if you, if anyone knows anything about that, normal is between, you know, mid to high nineties. Anywhere between 95 to 100 is where it needs to stay. And for me as an asthma patient, when I'm having a rough time, it's in the 80s. And that's when I have to go on breathing treatments and all of that. They checked his blood oxygen level and it was 62. And that is, that is. That's not a lot of oxygen in the blood. That is bad. That is and bad. I didn't know how long it had been that low. I mean, it didn't just drop, didn't just bottom out to 62. I mean. It had to have been coming along that way. It had to have been dropping for a while. We were, I, I said, I don't even need to see the doctor. This was the nurse doing the pre-visit stuff. I said, just, uh, we're going to the hospital. So we got him in the car, I took him to the emergency room and didn't know until I got him there that I wouldn't be able to stay with him. Oh, wow. That's when we find out that because of what's happening, because it's so contagious, and because they're just in just a few weeks' time, at about this was about three weeks from the time he came home sick. Uh, they had shut the hospitals down to everyone but staff right. and patients. And so I had to, uh, I said, you know, she, they wanted to know why we were there. We didn't even get all the way in the door. They stopped us just inside the door, we had a table there, masks, all of that, and said, why are you here? And I told them and, and they said, we're going to take him. So they took him in and they said, but we're sorry, you won't be able to stay with him. So that was my first. Mm. And, and anyone who's going through that right now understands mm -hmm. that there's, there's nothing more desperately, horribly heartbreaking than the, than to have a loved one who's very ill and having to be, put into the hospital and no one's there to be with them. Right. Not, and then not knowing how, how are you going to, how are you going to communicate? Uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't, this was, this all came out of just, just out of nowhere. We go to the doctor. It's really bad. We run to the hospital. Yes. He needs to come in and you can't stay. I mean, it was that quick just, and they whisked him away. And there I was. We're, we're in the U S just learning about this stuff. And Tillery's already got it he's already had it we got didn't it. know yeah. and we thought yeah. he had the flu and thought i had the flu right and 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 as it turns out we are we have had, we've had covid 19 for weeks and just yeah. didn't know and also at that time they were telling people the incubation period was between uh i think they said 10 to 14 days right so we we and were they found that well, it was a couple of days at least yeah, it is they found that it's a couple of days so fast yeah anywhere so, from two to 14 days yeah, yeah yeah so so he goes in i go into the parking lot get back in my car and and sit there and and sob i lost your i lost your audio i don't know how i lost it no I'm okay, still on. There you go. Yeah. I got you back. Okay. Um, so I, I sat in my car in the parking lot after they said, you can't go in, you can't stay. 
And I said, but I'm his wife. There's no one else to be here with him. And we're so very sorry. So I, I stood there and prayed over him and I asked God to protect him. And I prayed for the doctors and the nurses that were there with him and said, please, God, give them everything they need to take care of my husband. And I, when he got in my car, I cried for half an hour, asked the Lord to take over, and then drove that very long, lonely drive home, not knowing when I was going to see or hear from my husband again, and not knowing any details about how sick he really was, but knowing he was very sick. So they immediately did a COVID test. Of course, it took several days, but they proceeded as if he had the virus because he had all the symptoms. He was at this point running fever again. He still had the cough, extreme fatigue, very low oxygen. Over the course of 24 hours, they could not get his blood oxygen up. So they, they had to put him on a ventilator. They called me after they did it and said, we just wanted to let you know we had to put your husband on a ventilator. Two a lot away. of people don't realize what a ventilator really means. You're not laying there in the bed aware. They just no. put your husband in a medically induced coma. That's right. And they asked him at, at his, in his physical condition, he doesn't even remember them asking him. That's how sick he was. Wow. And because I, there's no family advocate there to, right. you know, uh, try to help make those decisions for him. They just said, Mr. McGee, we can't get your oxygen up high enough to sustain you you your lungs need help from a ventilator which will breathe for you and they they you know they said they explained all of that but but of course he doesn't remember so then so yeah, the next his brain is being fried by a fever he's exactly well and he's so sick he just doesn't he didn't even remember the ride to the hospital oh he, wow from the doctor's office that's how sick he was so we so when I got the call, I, I'm, I'm, of course, again, desperately upset because my husband's been put on a ventilator and I didn't even get to speak with him before they did it. Right. Oh, my gosh. So I'm not knowing what's going what's to happen now. And, uh, you know, now what? Because, of course, they said we knew there. I mean, we knew he had it. Even before the test came back, we knew he had it, but also knew that they didn't have a, any cure, didn't know how to treat it. mean to have it? You know, what does it mean to have this illness? Yes. No one even still knows what that, it No, is. they still don't know. All they know is that it destroys your lungs. It's a destroyer of the respiratory system. And because of the limited oxygen that can mess up everything else. Out, everything else is messed up in your body because the life sustaining organs of the lungs that delivers oxygen to every other organ is being depleted so but at this time i'm just like you know i'm here at home and because they're moving forward as if he has the virus then i have to go into self-isolation right here at home because I have to make sure I don't have it. Or did I have it? Is that what I had? You know, wow. because we yeah. were both sick at the same time weeks before I got better. He got somewhat better, but not all the way better. 
So I'm, so the doctors are like, you stay put at your house. If you start having no symptoms, go get tested. Well, I never had those symptoms, but I started not being able to taste or smell anything. Oh, wow. Well, we're going to take a break right now, and we're going to come back and find out what it is Lori did that most survivors need to know to do so that this chances of survival can increase and prosper. Yes. Let me see if I can find. Well, we're back, guys. And um, this is my friend, Lori. Uh, she just finished talking to us about um, they put her husband on a ventilator without asking her, and now she's at home knowing she has a COVID virus at a time when the whole United States doesn't even know what it is. And the doctors are telling her, get prepared for this to be the end. And, and that's not acceptable, right, Lori? That's not acceptable. You know, one of the things I've always told uh, my kids as they were growing up is, um, don't let anyone else tell you how things are going to go. God is the author and finisher of everything. Amen. And he is the Lord of your life. And he is the one who decides when you come into this world. And he's the one that decides when you leave it. And so um, we had been <clears throat> separated for a long time. He had been in the hospital for a long time. Uh, it had already been about a month. And he had been um, on the ventilator all this time. He had gone into kidney failure. And I met uh, you his, during this time. Yes, this is, was, this is whenever uh, we became aware of each other. And, uh, and you were so encouraging on my posts as I was reaching out to people and asking them to pray. Don't know what, I, I don't know what people do without prayer. Because let me tell you, it can become cliche when people say, oh, Prayer is so powerful, the power of prayer. But you better believe it, that it is powerful and that faith moves God. And the power of prayer is what got me through this because we were about a month into it. He was still in the hospital. I still had not seen him. And uh, it, we had a good day and a bad day, and a good day and a bad day. And the doctors called me and I had to learn how to just cry out to God and just rely on him. When you come to the end of yourself, and you, and you recognize very quickly that, that when you come across, a, when you find yourself in a situation, any situation that, uh, that you can't get your way out of, you realize very quickly, God's the only way out. He's the only one who can do anything. So uh, we had had some really good days and some worse, a lot worse uh, bad days than good days. And I got a phone call from the hospital. It was never good when they called me uh, because they were, they were so busy and so crazy taking care of patients. They didn't take time to call you and give you updates. You had to call them. So when they called you, it was usually bad news. <clears throat> so they called me uh, at uh, lunchtime on a Tuesday and it was uh, March 31st. And they said, we need you. Your husband has taken a turn for the worse. And I thought, how much worse could it be? <laughs> it's been so bad. And uh, she said, um, he, his heart stopped. And uh, we are trying to resuscitate him. I said, I'm on my way. 
I'm on my way. And keep in mind, I had not been able to be at the hospital. And um, I thought, I'm not losing him today. I said, not today, devil. Not today. Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, I just started praying out loud. Save Tillery. Don't let him die today. Restore life to his body. He will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And that is, it. That is scripture. And let me tell you, it is so important when you're going through things like this to declare the word of God. That is where power is. That is the only thing we have to rely on is the word of God. And you just give it back to him. Father, you said if we do this, you would do that. You, your word says he will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. He is your servant. He is your faithful servant. Uh, you, he loves you and you love him. And I am in the name of Jesus by his stripes. He's going to be healed. And you just start declaring life. This is your childhood sweetheart we're talking about, yes, too. Yes. That I have loved since I was 13 years old. We are now 63. I have loved him since I met him at, at 12. And we started, you know, quote unquote, hang, going together is what they called it back then. That dates me. Not that telling you I'm 63 doesn't date me, but they called it going together. So we didn't really go anywhere together because we were 13 years old, but <laughs> we've loved each other that long. And I was not, this is not how our love story was going to end. And so I just started declaring life over him. And listen, I, if I can't stress anything else enough, let me stress this. There is the word of God also says that there is power of life and death in the tongue. There's power in your words. What you speak is given power. So it's very, very important that you, that people understand that you have to be careful what you speak out loud. Right. What you say out loud is what you can bring about because God created us in his image and he spoke the world into existence. He, he spoke creation into existence. And so he created us in his image. So he has given us the power of a life and death in what we speak. So I was declaring the, the Lord's word in, in that situation. I called my friends and said, please come and get me and take me to the hospital. I can't drive there. They immediately ran over, picked me up. Uh, it's it, my pastor and his wife, who's my dear, dear friends, known them since high school, known him since high school. And uh, I called them and uh, they happened to be on a noon prayer call to our church, an online prayer call. So we had a lot of people watching. And in the middle of that, I texted her and said, please come and get me. Or I called her, please come and get me. The hospital's called. And they're saying he's not going to make it. And so he immediately stopped in the middle of his live Facebook and live and said, we have to go. Tillery just coded. And pray so people immediately started praying right then and you and know so they, they i did not stop I'm, I'm telling you god's timing for everything is perfect and i also want you to understand and know that the nurse that was taking care of my husband that day but she is she is a a believer she loves the lord so since he had been in that hospital she had been praying over him she had to dress up in full ppe every time she entered his room and so they don't go in and out of those hospital rooms, those COVID rooms, like they do other patient rooms, because it takes them a while to gear up. Right. And so when they go in there, they're in there for a little while, and then they leave, and then they're out for a while, because they just can't travel in and out. 
she was standing right beside his bed when he coded. She was right there. Had that, had she not been in his room when that happened, we likely would have lost him because she immediately called for a code blue and started the process of, of uh, resuscitating him. Yeah. So my friends get me, we fly to the hospital, and let me this also is a relatively healthy male, except for this horrible disease that yes, the disease. Like you're the one with the comorbidity and he's the yes. one in the yes. hospital. Imagine you know? if that had happened to me because yeah. my adult onset asthma is, is pretty significant, but God knew what he was doing. And he, in the midst of all that, and let me also say, it was like he cloaked us when we entered that hospital, because remembering there's no visitors, right? No one entering the hospital during yeah, this Yeah, they time. were stopping people from burying their dead. Yes. yes. And we walked in, the doors opened. I said, where's ICU? They said, second floor. And, wow. <laughs> and I went And they did not stop you or ask no. you what you were doing. Yeah. No. They oh, never, wow. I'm telling you, it was such a God thing. But that's that what God so does good. with his children. When you start declaring yes. that he make a way, he, so we get to the elevator. I go up to say, and mind you, there's no one else at the hospital, but people who work there. No, nobody right. else. Right. We went to the elevator, went up to ICU and walked in and, and there's no one there. And as soon as I just start walking around looking for a way in and, <laughs> and someone and a nurse in scrubs walks out, can I help you? And I said, I'm looking for my husband. I gave her his name. She said, right this way. Took the three of us in there like we, like, you know, Red it carpet. was nothing. Yeah. And we walked in and there's my husband laying there behind the glass. That's the first time I'd seen him in a month. He's on a ventilator. He has just been resuscitated in very critical condition. The doctor comes up to me and says, Miss McGee, I'm terribly sorry. But uh, your husband has been through an extreme trauma. He has been so critical. And what this kind of situation with his COVID diagnosis and how sick he has been and what just had what happened, the trauma that just happened to his heart, patients just don't recover from that. So, you know, you need to say your goodbyes. And not now through the glass, mind you, he wasn't going to allow me in there. And I said, I said, I, I rebuke that. <laughs> Yay. I don't, I, I don't, I don't accept that. that. I don't accept I, that. I, I said, my husband will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. That's what my God says. And with all due respect, doctor, if you don't believe my husband is going to live, please don't go back in there. I don't want anyone entering my husband's room or approaching his bed that does not believe that he is going to live. Because until God takes him home, he's still here. He's wow. right there. And he is alive. So I'm just here to tell you that the report of the Lord is what I choose to believe. I'm not in denial. I'm just simply telling you that my God is the one who's going to decide when my husband goes to heaven and it's not today and he is going to live. And so he was just like, 
okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he didn't really know how to take what, all of what that. What did he say? Really You're going to say it? You know? So in the mean, so, so of course, by this time, there have been people who have seen us who work there who are not happy with the fact that we're there. And so they called, they were calling, making some phone calls to get us escorted out of the hospital. But before they did, my, my girlfriend, who is a, a, a very um, spirit-filled and talented uh, worship leader at our church, we sing together on the worship team at our church. She put her arm around my shoulder. We're standing there looking at Tillery. And she put my, her arm around my shoulder and we started singing. It's your breath in my lungs. So wow. we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. We're Amen. just softly singing it together over him and claiming and just worshiping the Lord right there in the hall. I have to uh, take a pause right now and we will talk we will talk about Tillery's recovery when we come back. We are back everybody this is mama linda in mama linda's corner this is my new friend Lori. we've known each other for a few months now and i followed her progress through the roughest months of mm. her life that seemed like the roughest years of her life right and when we when we broke for commercial or broke for break um she and the music leader at her church were singing praises at the time that she was told, say goodbye, say goodbye yeah. to your husband. You know, uh, the word of God says, uh, count it joy when you, when you have trials and tribulations and praising your way through an impossible situation can sometimes be the only option you have. And the, because I am a worshiper, and because I was standing next to my best friend who's a worshiper, it it made perfect sense for us to stand there and just softly sing a worship song to the Lord over my husband. Because worshiping God through the middle of that nightmare, and when they were saying, say goodbye, I'm saying, we praise you, God. We're praising you, God. And when we're I, not saying goodbye. When I was getting treatments for my cancer therapy, um, I put Christian songs in my heart yes. because I'd have to stay so very still, especially during radiation, that I'd have gone nuts mentally yeah. if I didn't have a song in my mind. You know, that, I, that, that, that worships the Lord. Listen, that feeds your soul. Yes, so, yes. so when you're going through that, this is what I did here at home when I was every day here at the house, you know, of course, even, um, uh, I mean, I didn't leave my home except that day I went to the hospital and then subsequent days as Tillery got better, I would take, and he came out of ICU and God delivered him from that bed that the doctor said he was going to die on in the name of Jesus. And he came through those things I, uh, and he went into intermediate care and then eventually to physical therapy. The only time I left my home was whenever I would take, I would make homemade food because the hospital food was yuck. Uh, but you, you left well your Facebook. It, it, you nothing were, personal, you, but you were very, uh, you were very out of there through Facebook. You know, people knew, yeah. who, people knew what was going on. You would come yes, in the morning. Well, you would come in the morning and say, "Hey, here's what's going on today, and here's what I need prayer for today." And I, I would you rallied the, the troops, girl. You rallied I, the troops. I called the hospital and I'd say, "Tell me what's happening." 
tell me what happened last night so I'll know how to tell people to pray. Because that's, listen, when you gather God's people together and you pray, or if it's just you in your bedroom on your face, he's there. He hears you. He never, when, when he says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, he means it. You can trust that. I would say out loud, even on the days when Tori had a bad day, I would say, I trust you, God. I trust you, God. Out loud, out loud. I trust you, God. Over and over and over, I would say that. I would, I would um, claim the word of God. I'd say, God, you said you, you, you would live and not die and declare your works. And that's what we're doing. And so I'm claiming your word. I read Psalm 91. I have it right here. It is, it is, I can't even tell you, y'all. I can't tell y'all what it means to just read God's word, listen to worship, and, and just engulf yourself in the spirit of the Lord when you are going through something like this. It is the only way to get through it. Nothing else will get you through it. People may try to turn to uh, drinking or or meditation or whatever, but you need the Lord God to feed your soul and to mend your heart. And my heart was broken. And even though I would cry because I was so sad for him and so sad he was going through this and so sad that we were separated mm -hmm. physically and that I could not be there with him, uh, I still trusted God. And I had to get to a place, um, Linda, where uh, I told, I told the Lord, no matter what, no matter what comes, yes, I will still love you. I will still worship you. I will still serve you. Sometimes I think he, that's the place he wants us to get to, uh, because I'm not going to tell you that I didn't have days uh, where I, I just, I would just question him. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know why be going you on. Heal him. Why aren't you healing him? Why is this going on so long? And, and then he would, he would just speak to my heart and just tell me, I've got this. Trust me. Do you trust me? And I would say, I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. There's so many times he spoke to me, Linda, in the middle of the night. And, I've, and um, some of my updates on Facebook, I've talked about those times where he spoke to me. And I would be in the middle of the night not sleeping. And he would tell me, there are warriors on the wall. The watchmen are still on the wall. Because the, all the people that I was talking to on Facebook that had said, we're praying for you. Our family is praying for you. Our church is praying for you. That was our army. Yeah. The troops, the troops were, yes. the troops were gathered. And he would say, the watchmen are still on the wall. They're still there. It's okay. Yeah. And so I would, what I would just, um, I would just say blessed me so much was seeing the so God bringing his people together, people that I knew, people that I did not know that, that encouraged me. And that's what kept me encouraged and kept me uh, in the fight because when you're alone, it's hard enough going through something like this on any day, any time, but not only was Tillery by himself, but so was I. You know, usually when you go through something like this, all your friends and your family gather around your, your village, your support yeah. system, uh, and no one could come. It was just me and God. This and isolation is terrible. This isolation is terrible. 
it is it is really difficult for people to a lot of people are struggling with this isolation what i would encourage them to know is that god will never leave you and never forsake you even as alone as you can feel lonely you are not alone you are not alone you he are not is alone. right there and he loves you and he loves me and he loved Tillery. And even though I thought Tillery was alone, he wasn't alone. No. Tillery had God right there by his bed. And he made sure that that nurse was right there when his heart stopped. And she got him back after two minutes and resuscitated him and kept his heart going and kept his lungs working. And the doctor, listen, I had doctors say, this is the sickest patient we've ever had. He's, we've, I've never had a sicker patient than this man. And I'd say, but my God is going to save him. I want, what I want so many people to understand is that even when it looks, and when they're telling you there's no hope, uh, you don't have to accept that. You don't have to believe that. As you a matter say, of fact, if you accept that, you get what you accept. Yes. Yes, so you, you it's, absolutely. It's, it's okay not to accept that. You can say, and you can say it, and say, and remember what I said about there being power in the, the things that you speak. Just like there's power in um, what you are saying negatively, there's that much more power in what you say positively. So you speak life to the people that you want to live. You, and you do not allow anyone to speak death. If you are sick, you say, I am well in the name of Jesus. The word of God says, you speak those things that are not as if they already are. That is speaking over your situation because you can't change your circumstances, but you can change where you are in your spirit. My good girlfriend told me years ago, I've never forgotten this. Uh, when things get you riled up and whenever you're just kind of undone and don't know which way to turn, she said, sit down in your spirit. Just sit down in your spirit. Stop the chaos and sit down and let God minister peace. Let Holy Spirit minister peace. That's what he is. That's who he is, is peace and, and rest. Yes, and the comforter and the one who brings what God promises. That's God's promise to us. We can rest on God's promises. I, when they called me from the hospital that day, I, have you ever seen a movie where, the, where, the, where the, a character is standing there and, and something crazy is going on and the camera shot shows you spinning or uh, spins around that person. It looks like they're just kind of spinning around. Yeah. Uh, it, it, like they're seeing the world go past uh -huh. them like that. That's how I felt. I was standing at the foot of my bed when I got off of the phone. And that's what I experienced. Just that it, it was like I was being completely undone. And I knew this was the most desperate moment of my life. And that truly was the most desperate moment to that point in my life. And that's when I said, God, you must take care of this. You must save him in Jesus name. You must save Tillery. He has to live and not die and just start speaking the word of God. You can't, because that's when you really realize 
when you really get to a point where you understand that you don't have any control over anything. You have control over zero. You might be able to decide what you're going to have for lunch. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe. Or you might be able to decide what clothes you're going to put on that day. But when it comes to the real deal stuff of life, you really don't have control over anything. Uh, and you don't want to be in control. You want our Father in heaven to have his way in everything because his ways are good. His ways are higher than our ways. And so once you get to that place where you recognize that and you say, oh, okay, okay. And just take that deep breath and say, I give, I give, I give, I give. I know I have control over nothing. Father, in the name of Jesus, which, by the way, every prayer needs to be in the name of Jesus because mm -hmm. that's the sacrifice that was made. That's what, how the veil was torn so that we have ex direct access to the Father is by the sacrifice of Jesus. So mm -hmm. in the name of Jesus, the name of all names and the work he accomplished on the cross. I'm declaring Tillery's healing. Amen. I'm declaring that he will live and not die. And there's power in those words, not from me, but from our heavenly father. And when that power is unleashed, not a doctor or a virus or anything else can stop what God is going to do. Amen. Amen. I believe that. It I'm is going to take a break. I'm going to take a break right now. And we're going to come, we're going to talk about um, the recovery and homecoming. Okay. Oh well, we're back, guys. And um, as um, Lori was talking about, there were people calling around trying to figure out how to exit the family. And they managed to, they managed to get you guys out of the hospital. Yeah, they called security and a very nice, a very large man came <laughs> with a uniform on and said, I'm very sorry, but I'm going to have to escort you out. And we were like, it's okay. We've prayed, we've worshiped, and we've I've seen him. I've seen him, and I know he's going to be okay. I just, God just gave me, he just gave me peace. And so we left there. We prayed all the way home, and I continued to wait. That was... That was um, April, uh, March 31st. He, brought, he was taken into the hospital on March the 19th. March 31st, he, that's the day he coded. And uh, a week later, he was off of the ventilator. And he Yay. was, now listen, let me tell you, this COVID thing, I want to encourage people who are having to go through it, expect the ups and downs. Because he went off of the ventilator, he was off it for a week, and they had to put him back on it. Uh, on the 14th of April. So it was, uh, you know, that was very uh, disheartening. And the enemy would like to use that to just say, see, God's not listening. See, your prayers are not being answered. But I'm just like, no, this is just another opportunity for us to continue to pray. God has got him. He has not brought him this far. He did not save him from that, from dying that day and let them bring him back to, to, to let him fall away now. He's going to save my husband. And so we just continue to pray. And on May the 21st, he was released from physical therapy at the hospital after being in there for two weeks. He was released from the hospital. The week before that, they let me come 
to the hospital for a physical therapy home, like a family training day. For, because he was in a hospital bed for 63 days. He was on a ventilator for about five weeks of the, of the nine weeks he was in there. So, so if you still think that COVID is not real, we are here to tell you. I don't know That's how, a, I don't know. I, I don't understand the concept of all these sick people and, and the people who have suffered and the families who are suffering. And I don't know how there anyone that can't believe that it is a real virus. I saw my husband come home sick, stay sick, go in the hospital, die yeah. my daughter my daughter's a nurse who's been on the front line since day one and i'll tell you how could anyone been, deny i know i don't I because, don't, because I don't it's understand. not happened in their family yet that like, yeah they haven't been touched by it yet all you have to touched. do is be touched by it even a little bit and not everyone right. has there not everyone has the experience that we have thank god not everyone gets as sick as Tillery did, but he had had it for so long without knowing what it was and without, and his, and his ox and the lungs being attacked for so long without us knowing that that's part of the reason I think too, why he was so, he got so bad. Well, nobody Some people, even knew what this was when he got it. Yeah, you know, no, it wasn't even here in the United States, supposedly. Yeah, mm. supposedly. So, but what I want, I want people to know that no matter what, there is hope. And no matter what the doctors or the nurses say, there is hope. And I want you to know that that, that day that they let me come into that hospital room and see my husband for the first time. At that point, it had been eight weeks since I had laid eyes, since I had, well, except for the one day in the hospital through the glass when I saw his, saw him laying there. Um, except for that day, that's the first time I'd been with him in over two months and uh, after being married 35 years. Oh, no. So, uh, I walked into that room. I have a video of it. One of the sweet nurses recorded it and I went over to, and I, when I saw him and his face lit up and I walked into his room, this was when he was in physical therapy, had been in there for about a week. Uh, our reunion was the sweetest thing that I can ever remember in my life. That moment, that, that embrace and those tears and us just reconnecting was uh, the most wonderful, victorious moment because it wasn't just us getting to see each other again. It was us celebrating what God did. Mm -hmm. It was yeah. God's moment. And that was what made it so amazing. And so we just, we spent the day together. I learned how to help him here at home because of course, when you listen, you can be perfectly well and go to bed for three days and be as weak as a newborn baby when you get out of bed. So imagine after what his body had been through and in, and in such a critical condition for so long, um, his muscles, he couldn't even stand. He couldn't even sit, hold himself up in the bed. They, anytime he needed to be set up, someone had to sit him up. So uh, the rehabilitation uh, has also been though such a powerful thing because God has been in the middle of it. He spent two weeks in the hospital recuperating in physical therapy. Then he came home May the 21st. We have been doing home health care since then. And our time together here has been the sweetest 
that I can ever remember ever because yeah I we, know that one time you posted that y'all went and got a coke yeah a week ago last week we yeah, got the car and we went to Sonic and had a coke and that was like the best day ever it was just such a victorious it was like a victory lap you know because he it's it is those little sweet precious things with someone that you love when you went through moments where you thought you were never going to have a moment like that again so you know i would just encourage people don't take for granted the things in life that we we just you know the that someone is there and okay maybe they get on your nerves so what what if they're gone in an instant they're just not there and you know your life has to you have to live the rest of your life without them you know i had those moments where i you know I, i'm human you know i thought every, every reasonable thought would be that every yes. reasonable thought would be that yeah well and as long as he had been that sick and and so many people were not making it that were that sick and but my god is faithful and he has been right here in the midst of us and in the midst of, of tillery's recovery and uh and he is getting stronger every day and he is getting his lungs here's and i'll tell you i'm gonna i want to give you another word too a couple of weeks ago we had a follow-up appointment at the pulmonologist who had we had had a uh high resolution mri on tillery's lungs mm -hmm. and um we got the results we went to the doctor the specialist who said he still has fluid in his in the bottom of his lungs he has permanent damage and permanent scarring that cannot be fixed so the capacity and what his lungs will do now are as good as it's ever going to be uh, he will be he'll have a new normal there will be things he won't be able to do anymore and things like that and I said again now this wasn't the same doctor <laughs> might not I be up to you huh? <laughs> I said I appreciate you saying that but in the name of Jesus his lungs are healed in the name of Jesus God is removing the scar tissue right now as we speak in the name of Jesus he will have Yes, his new normal is going to be, his lungs are going to be better than ever. The fluid is going to be dissipated and the scarring is going to be repaired because my God, everything that he has done for my husband so far, uh, he's not finished and he doesn't do anything halfway. He's not going to partially heal him. God does everything perfectly and he does it all the way. So his healing will be complete. And in the name of Jesus, his lungs will be perfect. So we are claiming that over him. He is uh, so happy to be home. Um, when he became fully aware of what was happening, Linda, that's all he would say to me. I want to come home. I want to come home. I want to come home. So that is the fact that he is here and that he is recuperating here at home and we're doing it together and it gives me such joy to do it with him my i am i can i can tell you in my life i've had joy and i've had happiness but i've never had joy overflowing like i have now because i've seen my father in heaven answer my prayers answer the prayers of all the people and can i just take this opportunity 
that if there's anyone, anyone that sees me or hears me that prayed for us, I can't begin to thank you enough for both of us. I cannot thank you enough for your faithfulness to pray well, for I someone you've got a you link didn't to this know. because I'm going to get this out there somewhere where you can link to it. And all the people who prayed are going to see this. They just yes. Oh, you must, because I, I need them to know how it changed our lives. I mean, how, what a difference it made in our lives, how it changed uh, our future. And, and, and God was listening. He heard the outcry of all the people who prayed for us and said, yes, and amen. Yes, I'm going to heal my child. And I'm telling you, the power that comes from people coming together and praying. The Bible says it only needs to be three. We had thousands of people praying for him and in, you know, with a united heart praying. And so it just made all the difference uh, to us. It, you, no one will really truly ever know what it means, but it's changed my prayer life too. And it's, you know, I understand even more the importance of, of, Every person who asks you to pray, do it right then. Don't oh, yeah. wait. You know, that's yeah. another thing. Too. I always try to say, can we take a second right now? Right Let's now. Let's do that. Let's do yes. that. Yes. What are we going to do? With good intentions. For? Yes, of course, because we all get busy and forget. Yeah. Making prayer a priority is everything, Linda. It's everything because it changed our lives. Well, I'm so glad that you came on my little show and that you told Thank us your you. great story and now we're going to probably have to cut it off, but we're not going to cut off knowing one another, Lori. I can tell you that. I'm so excited to know you. That's for sure. That's for sure. And I, I, I count it a privilege. Uh, I believe that there are no accidents. I believe God orchestrates everything in our lives. And I appreciate so much what you're doing and the opportunity to just get to share what God did in our lives. Uh, oh. It's all I want to do now. Oh, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you because you and he are both overcoming survivors Yes. due to the glory of God. Good. Absolutely right. We give him all the glory for everything he's done. And we will do that the rest of our lives. It's Amen. Just praise him and Amen. glorify him for this. Thank you so much. God bless you, darling. I'm going to have to shut us out now. Okay.